It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus praise in this place? He is so worthy of it. Oh, come on. I didn't say clap for me. I, I didn't do nothing for you. Can, if Jesus has done anything to you, uh, if he means anything to you, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on. Can we give him worship? Listen, let me just say this to you. The Bible says God dwells. He makes his dwelling in the midst of our praise. And I'm convinced that many of us have built him very small houses. Wow. Uh, the Bible says God builds his house amidst our praise. And I said, I'm convinced that we've built God very small houses because oftentimes we give him small praise. But just one more time, if he's been anything to you, if he's done anything to you, would you give him even a sacrifice? I know it may cost you, but a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of your lips, not mine, the fruit of your lips giving him praise. Father, you've been good to us, and we thank you so much that we have the privilege of worshiping and blessing you. Thank you for those who have gathered here today, God, for those who are members and maybe others who are visiting with us. We pray, God, that something would be felt, something heard and experienced that would draw them closer to you. We're mindful of God, those who are connecting with us online whether in, in real time or watching us later, we know that there's no boundary and there's no time dif distance with you. And so, Holy Spirit, would you meet everybody where they are? God, in these next few moments, I pray that you would speak through my lips, think through my mind, and let the meditations of my heart, God, be acceptable in your sight. You are my redeemer. Bless your people as we bless you. And it's in the name above all others we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. One more time, just give him praise as you take your seat. Let me just say again how grateful and eternally thankful I am for this church. You know, wherever I go, people will often say, uh, you know, you, you're doing such a great job, Pastor Kerry. And I tell people that I, y'all remember this word, Tanaichi? I play a Tanaichi part. In, uh, in, in what God is really doing. I'm thankful for the preaching and teaching, but for those who preach and teach and do Bible studies midweek and for those who do tech and those who handle uh, all that we do online, for those who help make church happen, can we just give praise for all of our volunteers? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, anybody that knows me at all knows I love God, I love my family, but I do not like the summer. I ain't kidding. When this is over with, uh, it, is, it can't be over with no sooner. I, I do not like the summer. And so for the past three weeks, I'm grateful that I've had a chance to preach and teach in different places in Denver, Colorado. But while I was there, uh, my wife uh, and her entire family, for the most part, they met us. My wife's family met us in Denver, and we drove all the way to Wyoming. 
um, to Yellowstone Park. Uh, it's not a lot of us in Wyoming. And just for the record, it wasn't a lot of us at the park. I, my wife said, were you counting? I said, yes. And I counted two people in the whole park, Yellowstone, big old park. Uh, and the whole time I was gone, I counted about six people that were uh, uh, of African-American descent. So it's just good to see some of y'all. Uh, I just had to get back uh, and see uh, that. But listen, also we had a chance to go to Portage Lake Bible Camp. It is part of our denomination. Uh, and uh, it was a blessing as I had a chance to share with the family camp there. And for, again, all of those teachers and all of those who continue to uh, preach the word of God and help us to go forward, we're grateful. Today, you all immediately following the service, we're having a business meeting. So again, those that are online, I will be uh, cutting the service a bit shorter today. So please, uh, thank you so much for your understanding. And again, members, we pray that just after a brief moment uh, after the benediction, we ask that you will remain. Uh, you all, it's been 20 years actually this month. This month. The church, the church was organized much later uh, in, uh, in the year, in uh, August. Uh, and so that's why every year you'll be like, why do we always celebrate in August? Because the official organization of the church was done then. But it was in July that my wife and my daughter and I uh, packed up everything we own and moved to a city that we had never been a day in our life. And 20 years later, we are so grateful for what the Lord has done. Amen. And so you all, I, I felt it appropriate as we get ready to go even into our business meeting to kind of share with you all what the Lord said to me, what the Lord shared with me about our church and its call. And, uh, and if I could put a title on this message, it would be Citadel, Faith Citadel's Call Revisited. Faith Citadel's Call Revisited. You are every now and then, you need to go back to the old landmark. Uh, how many of y'all have ever been turned around driving and, and, and your GPS wasn't working? Can I tell you what you, I, can I prophesy what you did? You went to the place you recognized. And you went from there, didn't you? Well, you all, so often the same thing is true with ministry and the things of God. We need to sometimes get back to the thing we remember so that we can know where we're headed. And you all, we're living in unparalleled times. You've heard me say uh, almost year after year that uh, the world is now becoming what we call post-Christian. There are more people that are identifying as nuns. That means none of the above. I'm not this religion. I'm not that religion. Uh, and because of that, you all, there's a different climate. There's a different attitude about God. There's a different climate and attitude about the Bible. There's a different attitude and there's a different mindset about the church. How many of y'all would agree with that? There's just a different attitude about it. And so, you all, it's important that we realize what God is saying to us in this hour. So, uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. <coughs> so, those that are taking notes, I'm going to I'm, I'm share a lot of notes. Y'all got to give me a clock of some kind. Is that a clock? Is that a countdown clock? Y'all got to give me a clock today. So find one of somebody, uh, 15 minutes, 20, no, give me 15 minutes. Somebody needs to do that because I, I will preach forever in a day. All right. <laughs> don't do it. I say that. It says, then a certain lawyer uh, arose to try and test Jesus, saying, teacher, what am I to do to inherit eternal or everlasting life? 
uh, that is to partake in your kingdom. Verse 26, Luke chapter 10, Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? Watch this now. And how do you interpret it or how do you read it? You all, Jesus is being approached by someone who is called a lawyer. Uh, they may be a lawyer by trade, but really what they were was someone associated in the custom with the Jewish law. So they asked the question to Jesus, not really from their heart, but to test them. They asked the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered, what's written in the word of God and how do you interpret it? Everything that you ever want to know about life has been written in the Word of God. Every, everything you want a uh, solution to, every problem that you're dealing with, there is something in the Scriptures that can speak to and answer every single issue that we're dealing with. Could it be then, because we know that the answers to every problem are in the Word, that that is why it's so difficult to get in the Word? Could it be that the enemy knows that if you become more acquainted with the word of God and more acquainted with the Bible, you'll be able to overcome some things that you could not overcome otherwise. So Jesus uh, answers uh, this guy, uh, what's written in the Bible? What's written in the law? But then he says, and how do you interpret it? You know, after that, the man uh, uh, says, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, uh, and then love your neighbor as yourself. It just rolled off his tongue. Uh, Deuteronomy was something that all the Jewish people knew. Uh, and then the Bible says, Jesus said, do that. Do, that, that. That you just said, do that, and you will have eternal life. Then it said that the man trying to uh, find a loophole or justify himself said, and who is my neighbor anyway? Bottom line, he knew, watch this now, Jesus said, this is Jesus, the thing that you must do to live forever in heaven is to love God with everything you have and then love your neighbor. Which means that, watch this now, whoever in your life is most difficult to love is the one in your life uh, trying to keep you out of heaven. The Bible says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor. And then, of course, he said, I can't love my neighbor. Now, what does this have to do with anything? Because the Bible also says, uh, how do you interpret what you're reading? You all, I believe that we are now in a season where it's going to take some mental acuity, uh, intelligence, and anointing to reach this generation. Let me say that again. I think it's going to take some mental acuity and uh, skill and ability, and even more importantly, the power of God and the anointing of God to reach a generation that has information coming at them from everywhere. So therefore, since information is coming on their phone, coming on their tablet, coming on their television, coming on their streaming devices, we are now confronted with uh, asking the question to them, uh, is Jesus still relevant? Is God still relevant? And so the church is still the answer. When I was in college, you all, I was in my uh, dormitory and I was praying to God. And God, just as clear as I'm standing before you, he spoke to me. He, he impressed upon my heart that you're going to go to Detroit, Michigan, and you're going to start a church called Citadel of Faith. Now, listen, I did not know what a citadel was. I had never been to Detroit a day in my life. I had to actually look up what citadel meant. 
It was something that was obviously from God. And in the midst of all of the things that happened after that, me being in Chicago, me being on staff at Salem Baptist Church, me uh, uh, being the youth pastor, the assistant pastor, doing all these other things, none of it, you all, was actually satisfying the thing that I knew that God had called me to do. It didn't happen when I first heard it. It took me many years. As a matter of fact, the call came in 1987, and the manifestation came in 2003. Let me just speak to somebody that God has given you a word and you think it's supposed to happen tomorrow. Sometimes God will give you a word and not just prepare you, but even prepare the place for the word that he's given to you. And so you all, in 2003, I got to Detroit and then the Lord began even more to speak to me some other scriptures that would define and uh, kind of speak to our church. Matthew's gospel chapter 5, you've heard us refer to this many times. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 and 16. You, you, you Faith Citadel, you are, you're not on your way to being it. You're not, you ain't got to go to Bible class and Bible college and you ain't got to go through discipleship programs. You already are the light of the world. You know what? I think because you don't know who you are, you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. If you actually knew that you are the light of the world, you will start letting it shine. But you think that because you're going through this and you're struggling with that, that you're not light. Well, the Bible says you already are the light of the world. Could it mean then that when darkness is present, it's present because light is absent? Could it be that our world is the way that it is because most of us that hold the answer are so afraid of sharing the answer that we allow darkness to rule and to reign? Do you know that the devil is not ashamed of his agenda? Do you know the devil is not ashamed of his program? Do you know the devil is all in and excited about sending folk to hell? It's only Christians, it's only the church that's afraid about what people going to think about us and how they going to look at us and how they going to reject us. It's time that we realize that the only hope for this world is still Jesus the only hope for this world is still God and if we are the light of the world the Bible says we are a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden well a few days ago we changed the name to Faith Citadel and I was wondering why in the world would we change the name of the church in the midst of all this going on why is that let me tell you why because I believe that God did give the name Citadel and he did give the name Faith but you all for the first 20 years we were Citadel trying to get some faith but I believe right now we are Citadel defending the faith are you hearing me listen in a time where folk are walking away from God and walking away from the Bible and walking away from what is truth I believe that Citadel of faith has been called to be faith Citadel so we can defend the Bible and defend the truth and defend what thus saith the Lord I don't know what they preaching around the street I don't know what they preaching down the way some folk believe that God is dead some folk believe that God don't care about sin but I believe that God is the same God yesterday today and forevermore and he wants a church that believes in the truth and the unadulterated word of God is there anybody in this place that believes that you in a church that believes in the word of God and that we can do exceeding and abundantly above everything that we ask or think I know there's some creative people in the room and your imagination is real big well guess what the Bible says God is thinking above that how many of y'all are imagining crazy stuff? I'm believing God for something so crazy, I can't even tell nobody. Can I give you a secret? Well, God is above what you just thought. He said, I'm, I'm able to do exceeding and abundantly above even what you're thinking. And for all of y'all creatives, he said, I'm even above that. Are y'all following me? 
Listen, y'all, let me tell you something. You already are the light of the world. He said, you don't put a light under a bowl. Instead, you put it on a stand, <laughs> and it gives light to everybody in the house. Hallelujah. Listen, y'all, when folk come in the house, they just don't need uh, music, and, and they just don't need lights, and, and they just don't need a fancy uh, kind of banner hanging up. What they need is light. And the Bible says, listen, when folk come that are in darkness, they need a way out of the darkness. And the only way out of the darkness is the light. And guess what? Some of y'all, some of you all, you are the answer that the person sitting next to you is looking for look, look look at him look at him look at him look on the other side you you might be the answer because it says the the light that you give it will give light to everybody in the house in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds well pastor, what, what does it mean to let my light shine i'm glad you asked that they may see your good deeds that means your good deeds are your light and when they see your good deeds, they won't give glory to Faith Citadel. They won't give glory to Pastor Kerry, but they'll give glory to our Father, which is in heaven. You all, I believe every person has a calling, a, a, a gift, a burden. I realized very early on that when the Lord saved me, he gave me a burden for evangelism. I didn't ask for it. It, 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 I didn't look for it, but I, I look back from the early days of my coming to know Jesus. The first thing I did, you all, you heard me get this testimony, read my whole Bible, went to the student union to reserve a room so I could tell somebody about what I just read. When I was on Northwestern's campus, I was going up and down the street telling people about Jesus. When I end up going to Dallas, I'll never forget when I was in school in Dallas, I would go to Oak Cliff by myself at night in South Dallas by myself at night because I knew that all the saints were going out in daytime when folk were sleeping. Let me just say this again with our ineffective evangelism strategies. Most people are asleep when it's hot outside in the daytime, and that's when the saints are conveniently able to go out. But I know that the freaks come out at night. Y'all don't know nothing about that, but they do. And so I knew that while the church folk were trying to get their naps in, it's time for me to wake up and go where the darkness was. And I would go to South Dallas, and I would go in the middle of Oak Cliff, and I remember a gun was pulled out on me one day, and the dude said, if you say something else about God, I'm going to blow your brains out. I said, God said, don't touch his anointed, neither do his prophet any harm. And I'm called to Detroit, brother. You better not pull that trigger because God might kill you or your mama or your cousin or your auntie or your dog or the ticks on your dog. You might want to rethink this. He got saved on the corner and became a deacon in the church. That was when I was in college in Dallas. Are you hearing me? Then I became the youth pastor at Salem Baptist Church and they wanted me to do a youth program. You know youth program, pizza and parties. Let's have some pizza and let's watch some videos. And that's going to be the extent of youth ministry. Let's bring them on in and let's bring in an entertainer. Bring in Kirk Franklin. They'll jump up and down and then we'll eat some pizza and we'll go home. I said, that's not youth ministry. Youth ministry are young people being ministers. So I need to figure out how to equip young folk to do the work of the ministry. And can I tell you what we did? We had to develop a, a sign-in sheet that said, in case of death, 
that is not non-negligent related, you will not sue Salem Baptist Church for the death of your child. Well, pastor, why would you have a permission slip to have uh, my child might die? Because we found out where are the crypts and the bloods at? Where are the, uh, the gangster disciples at? Where are the vice lords at? And instead of sitting with pizza and pop, we were going in the middle of the night to the projects and having concerts and by the thousands people were coming to accept Jesus and the youth ministry went from 20 to about a thousand every single Sunday because why the anointing for evangelism was on your pastor you better hear me and then God called me to Detroit he called me to Detroit and some of y'all don't remember the early days but I do over there on Woodward and over there in that part of the city we were out all the time telling folk about God we did hip operas we end up taking the gospel and putting into music and made channel 7 news and folk got saved as a matter of fact that's when Judy Jenkins and her family came to be a part of our church because of the hip hop. Then we did Nights of Terror. It was an alternative to Halloween where a thousand plus people came to know Jesus as we told folk that there's a real penalty for your sin. We end up walking down Woodward and finding prostitutes and giving them some hot chocolate and praying for them in the middle of the night. Listen you all, we were and still are an evangelistic church. Some of y'all don't remember but on Sundays I said I can't trust y'all to come back Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. So guess what? We're going to go in the middle of church service. When you show up with your little hat on and you show up with your little outfit on, we're going to go out and we're going to have prayer on the porch. Oh, I don't know how to pray. That's all right. Then you can just watch while they pray. Listen, don't, don't give me no excuse that can't nobody be involved in this because everybody is a minister. You are the light of the world. Not the pastor, not the praise team, not the preachers. You are the light of the world. And I know it might make you uncomfortable because you like to hide in church. You like to sit in the back where ain't nobody noticing you. You like to sit somewhere where ain't nobody gonna call on you. But you know from the moment you came to this world, you will call for something greater. And the moment you came up in this church, something came alive in you. I'm at home. I know I'm supposed to be somewhere where I'm out in the streets. I know I need to be somewhere where lost folk are. Are y'all following me? Uh-huh. I got five minutes. And so, watch this now. The anointing of God has been and is still on this church. Listen, to reach lost people. You know why? Because the well don't need a doctor. Some of y'all have been going to Dr. Jesus forever. And you are already well because the redeemed of the Lord has made you well. But because you don't know you well, you keep going to God for the same old stuff when he's already said, I gave you the answers already to it, but you don't want to do what I gave you the answer to do. So therefore, you'd rather come back to me and wear me out when I came to heal the sick. The church is full of folk that need more from God. And we ought to be the ones giving more to the world from God. I need my blessing. I need my breakthrough. No, you've been blessed to be a blessing. You've been brought out to bring out. 
Some of y'all have no idea why the Lord allowed you to go through what you went through. He allowed you. No, he didn't want you to do it. He didn't. He wasn't pleased that you had to go through it, but he knew you had to go through what you went through. You know why? Because he knew that when you went through it and you came out on the other side, there is no demon and there's no devil that you cannot face. You better hear me now. The devil thought he would make you lose your mind. Some of y'all should have been somewhere rocking back and forth, but the Lord kept your mind. Is there anybody here? Some of y'all should have caught a case. When they acted sideways, you know how you wired. You could have been like, I'm about to cut you and put you in the river. But by God's grace, you didn't do it. Why? Because God's got a calling on your life. And your calling is to take the good news of Jesus to a world that needs it now more than ever. I'm almost done. Y'all need to hear me now. This church has been called by God to reach the lost. So let me finish this last part. I'm, I'm done. Y'all, it's been, I miss y'all. So when I read the Bible, it says this. He said to them, go into all the world <laughs> and preach the gospel to everybody. That means you can't decide who the audience is that you're going to preach it to. It's amazing how many Christians only think that poor people need the gospel. We got to go to the projects and we got to go to Skid Row. And the evangelistic strategy for every church is to go to poor people only and folk that ain't educated. Listen, I know they need to know God, but can I give y'all a little secret? Gross Point needs Jesus too. So does Troy and Birmingham. I've never seen a black church or an urban church hitting the streets in Birmingham saying you need to be saved. Well, we all always on Mac? Why are we always on Finkel? Why are we always on Grasset? It's if the folk downtown Detroit don't need God. I need a church that's willing to say the CEO of all the major companies downtown, they need to know God too. I'm going somewhere. I'm done. All right, so he says preach to everybody. He said whoever believes, they're going to they're gonna get saved. Listen, here's his thought. Whoever don't believe is going to go to hell. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. We don't believe that kind of gospel no more. We, everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. No matter what you do, what you believe. Everybody, no, 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 no. Those that believe in Jesus will be saved. And those who do not will be condemned. And I wonder if we really believe that, would we be a little bit more urgent? If you knew that your brother or your cousin who does not know God, if he dies on this side, will be condemned. I wonder if we knew that, would we have a different urgency? He said, and they will, these signs will accompany those who believe. Mm. In my name, they'll drive out demons. You know why there's not been signs and wonders? Because there's been no need for them. These signs will follow folk that's about my business. I'll ensure that you will not die of snake bites or poison. I'll ensure that when you're sick, you'll shake off sickness and even death. Because you got something to do. Y'all understand, I was in hospice and my wife told my pastor, oh, he can't die because he ain't in Detroit yet. He's got an anointing that will now be greater than this hospice. I wonder how many of y'all have not been delivered out of your hospice because you ain't got a vision strong enough to pull you up out of where you at. 
You better know why you were born. You're not born just to work for somebody. You're not born just to hit a clock and clock out at seven. You are called by God to be a world changer. You are called by God to be somebody that he uses to snatch some folk out of some places that we don't know how to get to. You've been called by God for such a time as this. And if you would ever realize your calling, even sickness and disease got to back up when it realizes your calling. That's why the enemy has been fighting your mind about your call. Because the more you realize your call, the more your sickness in your body got to get out the way to help you fulfill what you're called to do. Is this making sense? So last thing I know is 16 seconds. What happens in a post-Christian world? He or she that win its souls is wise. This past three weeks, I have never seen an anointing like I've seen on my life for evangelism. And it's happening in a different way. It's happening with me being anointed by God to give an apologetic for why we believe and have the hope that we have in a climate like this. I'm going to read this last verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 through 25. This is our vision. This is our vision revisited. For when the world with, with all its worthy wisdom failed to perceive and recognize and know God by means of its own philosophy, God in his wisdom was pleased through the foolishness of preaching to save those who believed. For while the Jews asked for signs and miracles, and Greeks pursue philosophy and wisdom. So those are the two things that those people groups look for. The Jews wanted miracles. And there's some church folk, when they come, they got to see miracles and signs and wonders. And then there were the Greeks who wanted intelligence and logic and reason. Look at verse 23. We preach Christ crucified to the Jews. It's a scandal and an offensive stumbling block. And to the Gentiles, it is absurd and utterly unphilosophical nonsense so folk that don't have the mind of God they can't even understand why we still preaching y'all don't make sense this is 2023 y'all antiquated y'all old-fashioned don't y'all understand that times have changed y'all need to catch up with the times stop reading that old antiquated misogynistic book called the Bible Stop reading that book that doesn't really uh, fit the cultural norms and nuances of the day. Why don't y'all just figure out uh, another kind of accompanying manual that y'all can use and throw that Bible in the garbage? No, 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 no. I I I'm sorry, you all. We're not about to uh, back up on the Bible. We're about to go in even deeper on the Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Listen, some of y'all may not believe in the Bible. Some of y'all may not like the Bible. And you got a free will. You got a free choice. But I came to let you know, let's revisit Citadel. This church was not built on a personality. I'm grateful for my preaching. I'm grateful for my teaching. I'm grateful for my shepherding gift. But it ain't built on me and it ain't built on my gift. This church is built on the word of God. Well, how was that? Because I was in my dorm minding my business. And God said, you all are going to be in Detroit, Michigan. And you're going to be a faith that's going to be a citadel of faith. You're going to be a fortress defending the faith. This church was birthed out of the word of God. And you think I'm going to back up off of that because it's unpopular. I will end with this. Um, well, let me read this last part. It says, uh, 
But to those who are called, whether Jew or Greek, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Did you hear that? For those who are called by God, Christ, Jesus, is the power of God. We talk about it, but I'm telling y'all now, there's something about the name of Jesus. You may not believe it. You might just heard it. You might have heard church folk talking about it. You might have heard some old folk uh, stammering the words. But let me tell you something. I'm just wondering, are there about three people here that know that there's power in the name of Jesus? Anybody car ever been veering off the highway and you, as opposed to cussing, you said, Jesus. The next thing you, come on now. Have you ever been in a situation where you were backed up against the wall and didn't know which way to go and you couldn't call your mama, you couldn't call your friends, you couldn't call any of your homies, but you called on the name of the Lord and some way, somehow, he worked it out and he turned the situation around. There's no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved other than the name of Jesus. Call Oprah all you want to. Call all these other folk. All, call Kim all you want to. I call on the name of the one who steal the waters. I call call on the name of the one who opened blinded eyes. I call on the name of the one that raised up the dead. I call on the name of the one who ascended on high and is seated at the right hand of God. I call on the name of the one who has all power, all power, all power of heaven and earth in his hands. Woo, glory to God. I call on him. Okay. <laughs> uh, It says the power of God and the wisdom of God. You act like you don't know the answers. You ain't supposed to know. Here you are trying to figure out whether or not you're qualified and associating that with your intelligence. Don't you realize you're coming up against spiritual wickedness? You better not try to stack your intelligence up against demonic wickedness. Oh, but I know some folk that were growing up in the South that did not have one day of education, had never been to school, had never learned how to read and write, but they had a prayer life. You better hear me, somebody. My grandmama was a sharecropper, but you know what my mama, grandmama did? She had a prayer life, and she was on the porch snapping greens, snapping beans and praising God and because of my grandmama's prayer her grandson is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and my grandbaby is on the way next week Oh, and my daughter is calling on the name of the Lord and my son-in-law is calling on the name of the Lord why because I had a praying grandmama is there anybody here that had I, oh my God, I, I got to get out of here. Hmm. Verse 25, because the foolish thing, <laughs> God is wiser than men, and the weak thing from God is stronger than men. Oh, see, when you strong, you get the credit. When you strong, you get the glory. Ah, that was my idea. 
I went and got my degree and I took a course. I put this money aside and I had a five-year strategy. And because of that, now we're where we are. And yeah, thank you so much. I know God was involved, but if he, if he was involved, great. But if he wasn't, I still would have made it. But you know what? Some of y'all got enough sense to know that it was never your five-year strategy. It was never your plan. But God, in your weakness, made his strength perfect. So that when God blessed you, you knew and everybody else knew that didn't have nothing to do with you. Could it be in this season, Citadel, God is raising up this church so that his handprint is on us. So that when God blesses it the way he's getting ready to, he's already doing it. That when he blesses it, everybody want to know, well, what happened? Was it, was it a branding strategy or was it a changing in your color scheme well was it was it a marketing strategy that you adopted no 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 it was not a marketing strategy it was not a name change it was just it was time for us to step into the reason why we were born we were created for such a time as this why because we love people and the world right now needs to know the love of God come on somebody <laughs> I got I got to go. Citadel, this past week, your pastor stood up and decided to say that we're no longer calling certain things sin because we're afraid of how people going to think about us. And I call certain things sin to the point I had to have meetings with people who got mad at me for calling things sin. Pastor, I think that you were hurting people's feelings. I think that you were intentionally using your words to be visceral. And because of that, uh, this is why I don't go to church anymore. Because I want to hear about sin. I, 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 I don't even want to hear about sin. I said, you know what? Well, a sinless gospel is not a gospel. I don't know what kind of gospel you're preaching that is not going to include sin. For, for all have sinned and come short of the glory. And you don't have a savior unless you have a sin, sinner who needs saving. And could it be that folk don't think that they're sinners, which means they don't need a savior? So, uh, I put it like this. I've never received more attack than I have preaching the gospel and I'm so excited about it. Because you know what? When you get attacked, then you know that you are doing the right thing. When you get attacked for doing the right stuff. Come on, somebody. And so, Citadel, I want you to gear yourselves up. Because the Bible finally says we've got to give a logical response for why we believe what we believe. It means we can't just have emotions with our young folk. Mama, why does God say this about my friends? Mama, daddy, why does God say this about that? Oh, because, <laughs> yeah, 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 because the Bible, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 that ain't going to work no more. Now, all that jerking and yanking and speaking and telling, no, no, speaking English to me and help me understand what to say to my friends when I go to school tomorrow because I need to be able to give a reason for my hope and Citadel we are getting ready to do it so uh, I've gotten emails from so many people I can't wait to share them with you pastor I cannot wait to hear your church 
engage with the world around the content that you guys are getting ready to talk about. We want to contribute to it. We want to support it. And one university down in Florida said, we want to have a listening party for all of the sermons with the entire InterVarsity group of about 400 students on a regular basis. That's just one college. So as I take my seat, in Jesus' name, Citadel, I pray that you realize you ain't on your way to becoming the light of the world. You already are. You ain't got to get no more training to be the salt of the earth. You ain't got to get nobody to lay hands on you to be the salt of the earth. Jesus said you're already the salt of the earth. But could it be that your salt has lost its saltiness not because of God, but because you didn't know your own worth and value? And you chose to keep your salt in the salt shaker while the world is just dying from the lack of flavor and the lack of preservatives. Maybe the world is decaying because you're in the salt shaker. So it's time in Jesus' name for us to be who God has called us to be. Anybody excited about that? Can we give God praise? Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We honor and we bless you. Thank you, Lord God, for these your people. God, I got excited. I know. But I thank you that it's worth getting excited about, to think about how you've uh, blessed us and how you've anointed and called us to be concerned about people that are lost, people that are far from you, not just one ethnic group, not just one demographic, not just one skin color, <laughs> everybody. Would you, God, help us to be a church that is committed to reaching everybody for you and not just reaching them to reach them, but reaching them with the love of God. If they never accept you, they can't say that we didn't love them. And so, God, show us and teach us and lead us. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening right now and you say, Pastor, you know what? I, I, I don't know Jesus. I've heard you share about your passion for people to know him. I, I don't know him. Is there a way that I can know him? Yes, it is. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, you can be a part of God's family. Right where you are, my sister. Right where you are, my brother. You don't, listen, you don't, have to, you don't have to kiss anybody's ring. You don't, have to make, you don't have to make any kind of special kind of a trip anywhere. But right where you are, you can simply say, Jesus, I need you. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT 
or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That's simply spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith. Org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.